Hi, I'm Brandon Poe, founder of Poe Group Advisors. We are the premier accounting practice intermediary firm in the industry. You're listening to the Accountant's Flight Plan podcast, where we talk about stuff in the accounting world. Today, I'm with Alan Miltz, and he is the founder of Cashflow Story. His techniques and software to, pr- to improve business performance have become a global standard. They're used by 500 global banks and 30,000 businesses. Uh, the common theme in his business is to make the complex simple. Welcome, Alan. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you, Brandon. And I'm looking forward to visiting South Carolina. <laughs> i never visited. But um, your wonderful city sounds absolutely amazing. Yeah, Charleston is a, is a great city, and I'm sure you would enjoy it very much. And Thank now you. You, are, you are in Australia. So before we kind of get into it, you're in Australia, but you're originally from South Africa. You are. We're well picked up. Yes, I'm from, in my opinion, the most beautiful city on earth, Cape Town. Uh, I went to school and university and I studied as a chartered accountant at Cape Town University. And interesting, in South Africa, when I studied, to become a a chartered accountant was the most prestigious degree because we we, we didn't really agree with the politics and it was such an international qualification that it became very prestigious to get it because we knew we could live in any country in the world. Nice. Yeah, we were supposed to go to Cape Town um, in EO, and we were supposed to do our global leadership conference there, and it got canceled this year. So uh, that's definitely a place I want to visit, Cape Town. That's, and you need to visit in summer because it is just its God's gift. It's amazing. Uh, cool. Very cool. Well, um, We'd like to let our listeners get to know you a little better. I've learned of you through EO. I think you've done a lot of speaking with EO. But uh, if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself um, personally and how you came to be the founder of Cashflow Story. Thanks so much, Brennan. So I immigrated to Australia about 30 years ago. I was brought over by a clothing company called Esprit. And I was involved when Esprit set up in Australia. So my background is finance, but I had a strong understanding of textiles, clothing and footwear. So I worked at Esprit for a few years and then went out and became an advisor to the clothing industry. I, I was advising companies how to restructure and how to survive in changing times. And it's amazing how cycles always revert. Mm. And I realized wherever I went, nobody understood the numbers. So about 20 plus years ago, three of us got together. We were three South African immigrants, all chartered accountants. And we had this wild ambition to change the way the world looked at numbers. And we started a company called InMatrix, was our first company. And banks spoke Spanish, business spoke Portuguese. It Mm -hmm. sounded the same, but it was different. 
all the banks were using either Moody's or S&P as their credit engine. And we thought we could do something different. So we started in Matrix. The product was called Optimist. We raised private equity. And 20 years later, our technology is being used by over 500 of the global banks. Wow. So we, it's now one of the biggest banking systems in the world. But the big mistake is I sold six years ago. Yeah. And um, the company has now just grown and grown. But I've got a legacy that I know that we, wherever I go, in the US, we got about 300 global banks using our process. And um, then about four or five years ago, one of the founders of InMatrix and myself got together. Joss Milner was his name. And Joss and I said, let's now focus on business, coaches, and the accounting profession. Business, I mean, a CEO by nature or a customer of an accounting firm or a coach, they're not financially literate people. And we accountants, the more complicated we make things, the smarter we think we are. So we took the approach that everybody needs to understand the numbers in a simple way. So we created cash flow story and today, cash flow story is being used already in 96 countries. Wow. And it's been an absolute incredible journey that people want to understand the numbers in a non-threatening way. So that's how cash flow story was founded. And um, it's all about making the complex simple. You know, it's interesting because when I got involved with EO and... Um, for people who don't know EO, you have a forum every month and you meet with seven or eight others and it's sort of the mastermind concept and businesses, um, business owners will come from all different industries. And um, I'm really, was it was eye-opening to sit across the table from these highly successful entrepreneurs that were financially and personally just accomplished people, but they don't understand the numbers. And they, um, the other thing I think is they uh, assume, some of them assume that their tax accountant will just explain to them what they need to know. And that's not always the case either. So I do think, um, you're, you're satisfying a very needed um, understanding that's very much needed by the business community. So interesting, one of the books that have become a global bestseller is Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. So when Vern wrote the book, he invited me to co-author the cash component of Scaling Up. And Vern very eloquently says, you can get away with decent people, decent strategy, decent execution, but you run out of cash, game over. And that's why I say to every business, and it's never been more important than today. Yeah. Revenue 
is vanity, profit is sanity, cash is king, and I need to add queen. So absolutely critical that we business owners, we understand cash. And we understand it in a way that's simple and we can explain it and we know how to fix it. So my focus has been absolutely on scaling up profit, cash and value of business. Yeah. So um, is, is that your number one message to business? What is so your my number, my number one message to business now? And it's interesting, COVID-19 has really been the conduit to even make it stronger. I've always said to business, you need to understand your, your cash, your people. So in other words, if you look at a business, it's no different to a sporting match. There's a score. The score of a company is cash flow. The people who work for you, and Jim Collins always says, get the right people on the bus. I'm saying by definition, your A players, your right people, they want to win the game but people don't know what your score is. So every business I'm saying to you, make sure that there's no ambiguity when you understand your cash flow. And even more important, we need to teach the non-financial people to make better, better decisions that will impact the profit and the cash of the company. Yeah. So that's all about cash flow excellence. And companies during the crisis who had a strong balance sheet, a fortress balance sheet, are surviving a lot more easily. Yeah, for sure. We're definitely, accountants are seeing that very clearly um, right now. So how do you, um, you know, you mentioned that your product is used both by banks and by accountants and coaches. Um, could you speak a moment about effective communication with banks? Yes, so firstly, Brandon, cash flow story, my new company is used not by the banks. My previous company was used by banks. Cash flow story is aimed at you business, the accountants who need to speak to business and the coaching profession. So as I said, a bank speaks Spanish and a business speaks Portuguese. So what happens is every bank around the world is focusing on debt service capacity. Do you business have future cash flow to repay our, the interest and the maturing debt? You walk into a company and they're talking to you about profit. You will never understand your bank by looking at profit. So what I'm saying, again, simplicity. A story of numbers is told in four chapters. It's like reading a book. Every business I go into understands chapter one profit. Their revenue, their margins, their profit, very clearly understood. Equally important is what I call chapter two. Chapter two are three items. They're in your balance sheet, and they are your receivables, how quickly people pay you, your inventory, or in a service company, your work in progress, 
how quickly we invoice the work we do and how you pay your suppliers. Your management team are equally responsible for profitability management and the three items of working capital. The rest of the balance sheet is made up of a myriad of complex terms. And this is why business is scared at looking at a balance sheet. Complex terms like accruals, prepayments, provisions, deferred tax, other current assets and liabilities. So in the balance sheet, everything that's not working capital, those three items, I just call other capital. So a story of numbers is told. Chapter one is profit. Chapter two is working capital. Chapter three is other. The result of a business is cash flow. And again, the accounting profession has complicated cash flow that people don't understand it. Cash flow can be explained to the most non-financial person in the most simple way. Start the year with $10,000 in your bank. End the year with only $1,000 left in your bank. What's your cash flow business? Minus $9,000. So cash flow is the movement in all your bank accounts. Your long-term, short-term debt, less cash in the bank. What's been the movement from period one to period two? So let me explain it again. A story of numbers is told over four chapters. The management team have to understand your profit and the three items in working capital. Chapter three is other. I don't worry too much about teaching the non-financial people. The result of my business is cash. The quick way to calculate cash is movement in bank accounts. If you understand the four chapters, you will understand your bank because the result of your business is cash. That is the result that the bank's looking at. Yeah, makes sense. And what I'm also saying to business, if the bank's worried about you, you should be worried about you. <laughs> the bank knows your cash flow. It's the movement in your bank accounts. Yeah. How do you fix it? A combination of profitability and working capital excellence. That's how you fix your cash. And Vern always, Vern Harnish always says the trait of a good leader is repeat, repeat, repeat. That's one of the traits. We need to teach our non-financial people every single meeting we have, whether it's monthly or quarterly. We want to make more cash. How do we do this? How do we improve profit? How do we become more effective in working capital? I make sure my management team understands all those inputs. Price, what can we do with prices? Where can we change volumes? How can we have better margins? Can we have better overhead management? Let's look at the way people pay us. How can we have better processes? Improve inventory. Or in a service company, let's bill more frequently. If possible, bill in advance. Renegotiate with suppliers. Repeat, repeat, repeat. The result is cash flow excellence. Yeah. One thing interesting, you mentioned scaling up. And um, 
of Red Scaling Up. And one of the early chapters, he cites a Harvard Business Review column that was written years ago about growth speed and cash flow and how growth can eat cash or how growth does eat cash. Um, and I read that article and it was really cool that you can actually calculate your sort of perfect or ideal growth rate based on, um, you know, based on some of those things that you talked about, like, you know, how fast you collect, um, all those things play into that, into how fast you can grow. Uh, Brennan, you've raised something critical. Cash flow is the result of growth or decline. So there's a cash flow impact when you grow or your business is declining. Cash flow is equally impacted by management. Your management team are responsible for profit and working capital. So what I do in a company is I say to the CEO, tell me what color code green looks like in your business. What should your, for every dollar of revenue, what should your margins be? So let's say the company says, we need to make 40% margin and 12% profit. Then the company says to me, we need to collect in 60 days. We need to hold 50 days of inventory, for example, and pay suppliers on day 60. Well, that's color code green, the CEO says. I then show the management team. Get greater than 40% margin, green. Between 37 and 40, for example, a yellow. Go below 37% margin, a red. And every single month, I show them for the key profit and the three and the, and the three key working capital drivers, how many reds, yellows, and greens do you have? Cash flow is the result of growth and management. We need to teach our management team what does color code green look like and how many changes do we need to make to get there? So when you get on a, on a train in London and the train stops at every station, an announcement is made. Mind the gap. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying to every single company around the world, do you know the gap? we need to solve in our profit and our working capital. You teach your people, what is the gap? If you've got A players, A players want to win the game, they will know how to fix the gap. My problem is the company doesn't know the score. They're not the even measuring. Is making decisions. So you asked me a question earlier. What is the number one thing companies need to do? We've created a technique we've called the power of one. The only seven things a company can do, a management team can do to improve your profit and your cash. There are four profit levers, price, volume, cost of goods, or direct costs in a service company, and overheads. And there are three working capital levers receivables, inventory or whip, and payables. Sitting 
on the desk of everyone in a management team should be the power of one. What is the impact of a 1% or a one day change in your for profit and three working capital levers on profit and cash? And this is the heart of the cash flow story software. It will produce the power of one. So cash flow is the result of growth or decline and changes in the power of one. Yeah, very, uh, very well described, um, Alan. That was that was. I, I understand um, how you've made this more simple for people to understand. Um, so, and, and I'm going to add one more point. The smartest man I've worked with is the CEO of one of the major Asian banks. He's an Indian gentleman as a CEO of a Chinese bank, which is very unusual. And he knew nothing about banking. And when I said to him, you grew this bank and the insurance company exponentially. How did you do it? And he said, I became a great leader. Do you know what leader stands for? He said, L stands for listen. And listen has the same letters as silent. When I'm listening, I'm silent. And E stands for empathy. I listen with empathy. I take off my shoes and I put on someone else's shoes when I listen. So the, my message for the accounting profession, the CEOs or the coaches around the world, when you are talking to your clients or to your non-financial people, Take off your shoes as an accountant. Don't try and show them how smart you are with technicalities. Listen to them and speak to them in the four chapter language, in the power of one language that anyone can understand. Everyone wants to improve cash. Talk to them about the seven levers they can change, not about complex accounting terminology that people switch off on. Yep. The more simple you make it, the better you're going to be as a CEO or an advisor or an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things that this crisis that we've been in, in 2020 has for accountants, I think they realize just how much clients really rely on them for this information. So they've got to be able to communicate it in a way that's understood easily. And Brandon, you know, the interesting thing is I've dedicated 20 plus years of my life. I'm an accountant. I can laugh at myself. I've dedicated my life to trying to teach accountants how to communicate to business. The accounting profession globally is always busy because they're doing compliance work. Mm -hmm. They're doing statutory work. You're yep. adding very little value to your clients. Your clients would love you to tell them, how do you improve? If I found up any client in the world and I said to them, I want to come and have a discussion with you, how to improve your profit and your cash. Can I come meet you? Who's going to say no? And then I discuss the power of one. The power of one is the start of the advisory process. Any accountant 
can have a power of one discussion. Your client will work, walk away and say, now I understand I've got a trusted advisor. Yeah. This yeah, is we, what the client wants from you. I, I couldn't agree more. We, um, we teach that in our virtual workshop that we um, have, Accounting Practice Academy. And we speak to this because I, I don't think a lot of accountants truly understand how many of their clients want these conversations. Just like you said, they're not going to say no to that. Like it's a, there's a need out there that's not being met and it's not being met because people are too busy. They're too busy to slow down and listen. So firstly, you've, you've, you've said a critical point. You phone up any accountant and you say to them, how are you going? They say, busy. So as a client straight away, you take a step back, you think, I hope I'm asking a good question because I'm speaking to a busy person who might not have time for my little small problem. What I'm saying to the accounting profession, we can make advisory into the same way you do compliance work. We can give you a process. Accountants love process. The process starts with the power of one. The next conversation you might have with your client is let's discuss chapter one profit, chapter two working capital, and show you how using the power of one you can improve your cash. But the first time you meet a client, if all you discuss with them are the seven levers of the power of one and run a workshop with them on the power of one, this will be the most valuable workshop your clients ever had with you. Yeah. Because then your, the amount you can charge the client as well has got nothing to do with how many hours have I spent. Yep. It's all about value creation. It's all about value creation and the power of one. This is why Vern Harnish as well in the scaling up community, they've made cash flow story, the power of one, a critical part. It's compulsory. Coaches have to use and discuss the power of one. And these are non-accountants, but they've all learned. Oh, that's really cool. I mean, and one of the points you mentioned earlier, a company can grow broke. Yeah. <laughs> so you've, yeah. Got to, you've got to be able to, so one, one of the key measures, and this is a formula that we created, it's in no textbook. Whenever chapter two working capital the three items, receivable, inventory, and payable, is bigger than chapter one gross margin. Volume is detrimental to cash. So let's say, for example, you've got a 30% gross margin. And every dollar you sell, your working capital is running at 40 cents. So the next dollar you sell, chapter one makes 30, and the owner says, I'm doing very well. Not looking at chapter two, chapter two stealing 40 cents from chapter one. You actually negative 10 cents cash at the gross margin level. So what we need to show people, it's always, what can I do to grow my profit, shrink my working capital? What's the relationship between chapter one and chapter two? I want to optimize my cash as I grow. I want to run in color code green. Yeah. 
Well, you, you bring up sort of the levers for, for those margins. And one of those big levers is price. Um, but there's, uh, you know, there's always a push up, up a little bit of, um, what's the word? Um, controversy, maybe like volume versus price. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, what's, what are your thoughts on that? Again, the power of one answers this question. The power of one will show you the relationship of price to volume impacting cash. So for example, price might be four times the sensitivity of volume. How can you allow a salespeople, a salesperson on the road without knowing that? The salespeople, all they think about is sell more. Yeah. I'm saying, how can you go and give a price discount without knowing the price volume relationship? Also, when you start to see, maybe I only need to change a one percenter in my business. It's the, it's the culmination of all these little one percenters over time that optimizes your profit and the cash and the value in your company. A term that I say to, to business is price is a gift that never stops giving. Mm. You put your prices up, it, it impacts your profits directly to your bottom line and it impacts your cash flow, probably the most sensitive item in cash. Yeah. And if you look at valuation, so let's say for example, a 1% price has got a hundred thousand impact on profit. And let's assume you can sell your company at a four times multiple. Not only are you improving your profit by a hundred thousand, your cash flow by X, but you're getting a 400,000 uplift in value as well. Yeah. So price is the gift that never stops giving. You start to show your non-financial people how they can positively impact your business. As an A player, they will work out a way. Which levers can we pull that will have a most sensitivity? Yeah. Yeah, it goes back to what Peter Drucker said, what you can measure, you can manage. Exactly. It's, um, yeah, so true. And, and, you know, making that crystal clear is really what accountants should be really good at. That, that's what they should thrive at. And that's why it was amazing. I can honestly say, you know, if the one thing we have done, we've really dedicated our whole lives to making numbers simple. We've been the product or the, or the innovators globally in financial analysis. And every time we came out with a new technique, the industry made it more complex. And we look at each other and we say, we've done the opposite. Every single technique we put into our software, we use the filter, are we listening with empathy? Can we make it simple? If it, if it doesn't pass that test, it doesn't go in. Will a non-financial person understand this? Because your numbers are impacted. Your sales or marketing people are impacting price, volume. They educate customers how to pay us. 
operational people are impacting your cost of goods or your direct costs. Everyone in your company impacts overheads. The more you teach your non-financial people about the power of one, every time they make a new decision, their brain is going to be always thinking, which of these seven levers can I move in the right direction? Yep. I can tell you, Brandon, I sit on the board globally of about 15 companies. I, the results we're getting, not because of me, it's because of the, of the people who work for you. They understand the story and they want to make your story better. Yeah. I heard a really funny quote about cash one time when probably when I was about 20 something, somebody said to me, cash is never a problem as long as you have some. And, um, but boy, when you don't and you need it, it's probably the worst problem you can have in business. I mean, it's, it's truly, um, I can't think of a worse suffering than having cash flow problems as a business owner. Nothing will keep you up at night more than that. And that's why, and that's why Vern says, run out of cash, it's game over. Yeah. And, and, and I think accountants need to realize the power that they have in preventing that suffering and helping that prosperity. I, again, I'm saying to the accounting profession, compliance work and value add consulting you can do this value add consulting in the same way everybody in your firm can do it the same way if yep. we give them a process the process starts with the power of one if i phone up a client and i say to them can i come and have a balance sheet discussion with you the client says i'm quite busy at the moment let's make a time in the future but nobody says, no, can I show you how to make more money? Mm. Yeah. That's the discussion. So it starts with the power of one and do it in a way that the most non-financial leader can understand. Yeah. Make the complex simple. I love the question. Can I come and show you how to make more money? Yeah, that, that gets their attention, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I want to move on to a couple of uh, kind of uh, – Rapid fire questions, if you will. Um, if you were to recommend one book to our listeners, what book would that be? Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. Uh, yeah, it is a great book. Yeah. Um, what's one bit of guidance or life lesson you'd like to share? The guidance is two heads are better than one. In other words, what I've always seen is, again, listen with empathy and people see situations in a different way. The other lesson that I'm, I'm giving to, to all business owners, because today's obviously a focus on not my philosophy in life, but more how I can help business. My lesson is make sure Everybody in your company understands your story. Don't be scared to share the numbers. Hmm. People want to win the game. Show them how to win the game. People want to learn. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, so, Alan, what's the best way for people to follow you? Um, LinkedIn? So, what is the... LinkedIn, absolutely. Alan Miltz. 
go to the Alan Miltz website or cashflowstory, www.cashflowstory.com. Awesome. The other thing that we're doing during the COVID crisis, and again, we are providing our software to certain distribution channels at no cost for the next three months. Wow. We can get involved. So I will email to you the, the link that people need to go to, and then you can obviously include it in this podcast. Right. We'll, we'll definitely add that in, in, uh, in our post. Awesome. Well, Alan, thank you so much for the clarity and the insight. Um, I really admire the work that you're doing because I feel like it is so impactful and so helpful for people. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brandon. Thanks for listening to the Accountant's Flight Plan Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please follow us so that you can get updates when new episodes are released and share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. You can also follow Poe Group Advisors on social media. Please visit our website for more information at pogroupadvisors.com.